That doesn't matter, by the way. Back here with uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Eulis. That's correct. Ben Affleck lookalike. I, I was going to spend time. <laughs> yesterday, I thought, I should try to find somebody that Matt Eumanns looks like. And then I fell asleep. You know asleep who I'm often compared to? Who? Kawhi Leonard. I can see the resemblance. Yeah. Yeah, I get that a lot. Big hands. Mm-hmm. Athletic ability off the charts. Those kind of things. Uh, <laughs> so, Major League Baseball, we do have a really big series getting started this weekend. Uh, none bigger than the freeway series between the Angels and the Dodgers. And actually, one of our guys is on the buy-low side of things. I say our. It's, I submit the pitchers and the numbers. Griffin Canning is going to get the start. Julio Urias will oppose him in a very big series going down in SoCal. Matt Humans. before we get to the matchup itself, you have mm-hmm. two teams here that are overall disappointing. Dodgers, I think their problems have come from injuries. Angels, you can make an argument that some of their issues have come from injuries too, right? Rendon on the uh, the IL now because of the knee issue that he suffered the other day, fouling a ball off of his knee. Is he going to be back for this series, Anthony I, Rendon? I don't believe so. He's on the okay. injured list, so I don't oh, know if okay. the, the timeline okay. I don't think jives. they put him on there. So we have this now on the road. $1.60, that price range for the Dodgers, plus 135 Two disappointing teams, issues a little bit different on both sides. A lineup for the Dodgers that hasn't had a lot of pop, and they've been you know, their bullpen in certain areas has been really poor. But the Angels, this clearly is not, I don't think when you're looking at this from the Dodgers' perspective, I don't know if I want to look at the Angels in any way, shape, or form. I get these teams have been both disappointing, but throughout the series, other than maybe canning tonight, I don't know how this really plays out for the Angels in a positive way. Yeah, Dodgers just had a disastrous road trip through uh, Milwaukee and Chicago. And not only did they lose, uh, what they lose, six games? One and six on the road mm-hmm. trip? They also lost Dustin May for the season. So big-time starting pitcher goes down for the Dodgers. Griffin Canning is one of those guys I feel like is an underachiever. He's got a lot of talent. He, he's not pitching up to that talent. And uh, we'll see what he can do against the Dodgers lineup that's really having a lot of trouble producing runs uh, right now without Cody Bellinger out there. So... I, I, I'm I'm tempted here to play the Angels at plus 140. That's the current price at Circuit Sports. You might be able to find a little bit higher today if uh, the Dodgers draw some action. So I, I don't know if I'm going to play it tonight. It's the, the late game on the West Coast. What are your thoughts on backing Griffin Canning? Because he, He's one of the pitchers you had on the buy low list, mm-hmm. and I feel like better days are ahead for him as well. And the Angels are really a tantalizing team. Rendon's not in the lineup tonight, but when you have Trout, Otani, and Jared Walsh, and then you have Rendon in the lineup too, that's an outstanding lineup with a lot of power. But Rendon's not going to be out there tonight, obviously. And the problem with looking at a team like the Angels is, while Cannon could put together a pretty good performance, you're going to need something like you got from Heaney yesterday, which was shutout innings and then a lead, and it would be in the first five. And he had a lead, 3-1. to one. He was outstanding, and they still blew the game. And do you trust them to actually, because Julio Rios' numbers are really solid, mm-hmm. you trust this lineup, which has been very poor lately, to actually get to Urias to give you that lead in the first five. And I just don't, that's obviously the other part of the equation. You need mm-hmm. offense at some point, as much of a buy-low candidate Griffin Canning is, and the lineup has not really performed. Probably going to pass. Follow the money here on v this is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Portland Trailblazers and the LA Lakers are tied for the sixth and final guaranteed playoff spot in the Western Conference. 
Lakers own the tiebreaker over the Blazers, but the two teams will meet today at Moda Center. Portland, the six-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 221-and-a-half. Phoenix laying six at home against the Knicks. Denver plus three at Utah. Dallas, a ten-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Cleveland. Cavaliers have dropped eight straight. They're nine-and-twenty-four on the road. In baseball, the Braves another 57 home favorite against Philadelphia, plus 147. Charlie Morton going against Zach Eflin in that one, eight and a half under the total. VSIN gives you the tools to increase your sports betting IQ and make the most of every bet, including our 24-7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game, our daily members-only best bets email, and in-depth coverage each week in Point Spread Weekly. Now's the time to sign up for your 10-day free trial, vcin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest VSIN odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com. New Jersey, got to be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, 100. Gambler, 1-800-9 with it in Indiana. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, 1-800. Bets off. Wow. Outstanding job. No, I stumbled a little bit there. Not my best performance. It was not a Ben Affleck type of performance. Well, if it was Ben Affleck and Geely, then I think it was actually very so, very good. Good never, reference, huh? Never saw it. And neither did I. I just understand that it's a very terrible movie. Not terrible analysis from Aaron Renning. ER is with us now. Uh, also, for those who don't know, the catalyst behind the Baby Francesa movement. So, ER, thank you. I hate you. How are you doing? <laughs> well, uh, good morning, guys. And uh, I couldn't resist JVT. And, uh, it, it's, it was really more the, the slick back hair and the glasses. Right. Uh, kind of got me going on uh, on that one, but you know, I know he's uh, I know he's one of your idols, and uh, I know you, you probably prepare just a little bit harder for for your show than uh, he does for his. I will say it time and time what again. Are your idols. He is the mountaintop. I strive to reach that point. <laughs> All right, oh, I was going to give it to you. I thought you had something for your best no, buddy. Go ahead. All right, ER. Let's talk about the big news, the elephant in the room, Los Angeles Lakers, Portland Trailblazers. So we see AD go down, back spasms. He has already said, the team has already said that they expect him to play tonight. Expect is not going to play, though. So there is a little bit of room here for him not to be out there. I'll ask you this. Portland's up to a seven-point favorite now in this spot against the Los Angeles Lakers. My takeaway from last night, and one of the things I keep going to is, if they're going to play that poorly around the perimeter defensively, then Portland's got a pretty good shot here. But this seems like a pretty inflated number, given what we know from Portland defensively. Uh, Absolutely. Um, You know, it's really a fascinating game, all these for the Lakers down the stretch. I, I for one, uh, I I like this play-in format that they have. Uh, It'd be interesting if they keep it moving forward. You know, it, it's really if you if you look at a team like the the Washington Wizards, I mean that's why uh, we have this right now. The Wizards are tenth in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, you had the short off season. You had to incorporate a player like Russell Westbrook. Obviously, that took some time. 
Um, and, and then they had COVID issues as well. So, you know, the thought process was let's give a team like that a chance. And, uh, you know, hell guys, the way the Lakers are playing, they might be, they might be the ninth seed before this is all done. And they're going to say, this is great. <laughs> this play in <laughs> tournament is a great idea. But I mean, how fascinating would that be? Uh, you, you get a, uh, maybe a one game, get in the playoffs or not between the Warriors and Lakers. That would probably be the, the highest rated playoff game we'll see all, all year yeah. uh, before we get to the playoffs. But uh, back to this game. Uh, and, you know, I, I think you are play, paying a bit of a price. Obviously, you just go by, you know, what's going on within these two teams. It clearly points in the direction. Uh, of Portland. Uh, I've been actually backing uh, the Blazers. I talked about them the other day. Uh, they have turned it in on to playoff mode uh, where they've, uh, I think, won and covered uh, five of their last six games. And it really um, kind of went with that road trip uh, where they had a six-game trip. Again, went five and one. But, you know, it's always a little tricky to have that successful road trip. Now you come back home. Uh, they are going to have fans here, but you know it's going to be less than 2,000 people here uh, with Portland tonight. And obviously the Lakers, uh, somewhat in shambles, hard to win a game. Saw it on the court, had a hard time scoring with any kind of efficiency without Schrader uh, and LeBron James. But uh, like I say, it's you know the spot to me would almost favor the Lakers when you consider the road trip here for the Blazers. Figure what just transpired in their last couple of games. You're paying a tax here. Uh, playing the Blazers. If anything, uh, I would look at this game uh, under the total. I mean, certainly you talk about the Blazers' weakness defensively, but I would say even more so uh, is this Lakers team just trying to score right now, guys. Well, that's one thing JVT talks about a lot with the Blazers is uh, they are so weak defensively, and that's why he has a tough time laying this number. Uh, It's up to seven at a lot of spots right now. Are you as down on the Blazers defensively as uh, JBT is? Er. Well, I, you know, it's it's one of the, it's they're kind of the opposite of Washington in the fact that Portland really doesn't play that fast of a pace, so uh, their defense is almost I guess would be worse. And you know, the roster is just made up of void almost. And you know, they added guys like Covington and Jones, would certainly help them from a defensive perspective. But you know, we've seen this at times before. Uh, during this road trip, Lillard actually stepped up and played some defense. You, you saw them in, in a couple of matchups where uh, he would go in and, and try to guard and pick up guys at half court. So that's always kind of an example and, and a positive that you want to see. When Lillard is engaged, and maybe even a McCollum is engaged in trying to play defense, it's kind of hopeless with a guy like Carmelo Anthony, but at least uh, you see some effort right now out of guys like Lillard. Aaron Renning with us, professional sports better, VSIN contributor at ER Sports One. And this uh, lookalike game is getting out of control. Oh, why? Because you, don't like, the, your, you no, don't like your comp? All the tweets coming in now about who I look like, who you look like. That's right. Uh, ER, so. ER Humans doesn't like his comp. Somebody <laughs> called him a young Bob Kraft. Young Bob Kraft. <laughs> right, right. Also, That's actually pretty funny. Also, one that just came in. I don't know if this is about you or me. It says late 90s Chevy Chase. Is that you or me? Oh, I don't know. He didn't that's send it to you. He I just would think that's got to be you, man. I uh, would think that's got to be you. All right, so who does Aaron Renning look like? Woody Harrelson? Well, I, I usually uh, get Jeff a lot of, Bridges. you know, when I go uh, out, 
Yeah, when I get when I'm out, I usually get a lot of the Brad Pitt stuff. That's why you never ask somebody for their own cup. Yeah. We're out of here. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's start at the top of the rotation and work our way around. I, I think it's a pretty interesting spot. In I New was going to say Andy Reid, right. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia, but the Andy Reid and the punt pass uh, and okay. kick competition. Yeah. <laughs> so Philly. Nine and a half at home, total of 227, 227 and a half. Points bet's got a 10 here. This is pretty interesting because uh, these two teams played, what, two months, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago at the beginning of the month, and uh, the New Orleans actually handed them a 101-94 loss. It was kind of a surprising result. So now what do we make of this? Is Philadelphia still not solidified for the number one seed? They need to win, and the Pelicans essentially can't lose a game anymore if they want to make their way into the play-in situation. Absolutely, and, and I mean, I, I I think right now I might have the Sixers as my top power-rated team in the NBA, all things considered, a lot of injuries considered with that, yep. where you know the upper echelons uh, are very banged up. But they flex their muscle, they played very good, saw them at ease the other night against Houston. But uh, you are correct here uh, when you talk about a Pelicans team. I mean, this is it uh, for them, and you are getting almost 10 double-digit points, 10 points. Uh, the trouble is they are a little bit banged up. Adams, who I think they do miss to a, a certain degree in this matchup against Embiid. Uh, I, I know Ingram, I, I did have to adjust pretty good just because the bench mm-hmm. and the depth of this um, Pelicans team is just so bad right now. But he's not a player that I really put a, a, a lot of stock into, so I think they can overcome his absence. But, um, yeah, the depth certainly not there. But, yeah, I think you have to lean here towards the Pelicans. A couple nights ago, the Knicks had covered 15 of 16, uh, but they were no-shows against Denver. It was embarrassing. 26-6, to they trailed out of the gate. Never got into the game. Blown out by the Nuggets. What do you expect tonight from the Knicks? Uh, Six-and-a-half-point dogs at Phoenix. Total of 218. Uh, and, and really, Matt, you can say the same thing about both these teams. I, I mean, wow, that was uh, awful uh, with the Knicks. I mean, it was kind of a just an odd game in Denver. Uh, I think the the Nuggets shot like 21 free throws in the first quarter uh, of that contest. But Phoenix, they were blowing out, going away uh, the other night against Atlanta, 135 uh, to 103 as they come back from that short little road trip uh, here against Oklahoma City, Cleveland, and Atlanta. So you would think both teams are going to be focused. I would say maybe a little bit more focused uh, on the defensive end of the court here. Um, I, I thought it was uh, interesting as uh, you know Phoenix beat uh, the Knicks on April uh, the 26th, so uh, I guess about 10 days, two weeks ago, the Knicks still talked about how they gave that game away, uh, that they had this game circled. So I, I think both teams clearly have plenty of motivation here. Uh, the Knicks are going to be, a, I, I think, a little bit undermanned in that backcourt offensively. Uh, sounds like Burke's going to be out quickly, quickly uh, going to miss this game as well. So uh, I would say um, both teams are going to bring their A game. That would be, to me, a little bit more defense played in this one. So I'd lean under the total. So one of the uh, teams that I have circled, I think I brought it up to you when you were on with us the other day, ER, uh, Minnesota. And the other day against the Memphis Grizzlies, got the right number. They got in that number as well. Caught four and a half, lost by four, ended up closing three and a half. Now they're on the road here against Miami. I have them circled as a team I want to play on uh, more often mm-hmm. than not. And Jimmy Butler questionable today. Heater laying about six. I thought full strength this is going to be seven and a half, so this is still right where you expected if Butler's not going to play. What do you make of this matchup, Miami defensively taking on this Minnesota Timberwolves offense, which has found some life with Russell back on the floor? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I saw they put Russell in the starting lineup uh, the other night in that matchup, and 
um, you know, he got really starter minutes for the first time, um, at least since he came back from that injury. But two teams that are kind of bet on teams for me, like you say, uh, of all these tanking teams, Minnesota's the one that you least want to bet on or not bet against. Uh, you saw them fight once again back and forth the other night, and I, I think that's what you're going to get, that type of effort uh, moving forward here. Miami, uh, a little bit tougher to predict. Boy, what a, a poor uh, defensive performance the other night, allowing 127 to Dallas. Some of that, uh, the Mavs just making shots um, in that game. But again, you would expect a little bit better performance here. Uh, this is a pretty easy stay away game for me. Denver, Utah later today as well. Utah three-point favorite with a total of 217.5. Mike Conley still not going to be on the floor. No update yet on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, how do you read this? Two teams really shorthanded. Uh, and power ratings probably pretty adjusted here with two, three key players on both sides not going to play tonight, ER. I mean, Denver's really been amazing. Yep. I, I thought they, that Murray injury would really affect them. And, and remember, this backcourt really decimated as well. Uh, missing Boris, Barton now, um, Dozier now out as well. So give them credit. I mean, they continue to play through Jokic. The pace isn't that fast, but the efficiency uh, has been there. So I've kind of thought and waited for this team to kind of go the other way, but they really haven't uh, as they've won, uh, what, uh, five or six out of their last uh, seven with just that loss against the Lakers. So uh, I, I still kind of wait and expect uh, maybe we will have some losses here before the end of the season. I think that I would say this is probably a little bit cheap uh, with Utah uh, and, and the Jazz. I still think they are the better team. Obviously, you have to account for both the guards here uh, out of the backcourt. And when you do, and you do have this shortened backcourt here for Denver, uh, somewhat Utah, so uh, I would uh, I would lean here towards the Jazz under the total. All right, ER, let's go to another matchup. Now, on paper, might not look like the best one, uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, the Spurs suffered an injury that I don't think a lot of people would think is important, but Derek White no longer on the floor for this team, done for the rest of the regular season. Their third-leading scorer goes hand-in-hand hand with a lull over the last three games where we're talking about offensive ratings, 108.8, 102.2, 84, back-to-back games against the Utah Jazz. Spurs overall have lost five consecutive games. What do you make of this matchup with them on the road against the Kings? They're laying three and a half, though, on the road against Sacramento. I mean, you know, the Kings are, you know, I guess hanging on, talking about um, getting into this 10th spot. I don't know how bad the Spurs want that 10th spot. Maybe the the Kings want it more, but obviously right now the Spurs uh, hanging on to that 10th seed, a game and a half ahead of the Pelicans, uh, two and a half games in front of the Kings. So, I mean, the the Kings obviously could not afford to lose this game. But with that said, uh, you have this uh, San Antonio Spurs team off, uh, back-to-back blowout losses, essentially, to the Utah. Certainly that last game was not competitive. They lose by 32. Popovich went, went to the bench uh, early in that game. I mean, the Spurs' schedule has been pretty tough here. Utah twice, Philadelphia, Boston, uh, Miami, even Washington going back uh, with that. And Sacramento played, I thought, a team that had kind of quit on their season. They beat uh, Indiana at the end of that road trip. Uh, Dallas, a weakened uh, Lakers team, and obviously Oklahoma City there as well. So, uh, you know, the Spurs lost five in a row. The Kings have won four in a row. Still, to me, uh, in a big game, a team that neither team can afford to lose, you have Popovich over Walton. I I thought that uh, we'd have a little bit cheaper price. You saw this one kind of wrestling globally uh, in the States here. saw this one as high as four on the overnights, as low as two and a half. Uh, but I, I thought it would be 
Uh, I, I even see this one as high as five now uh, out there, guys. So I was looking to play in the Spurs, but uh, just it just seems a little bit out of my price range here. All right, how about the uh, Celtics and the Bulls in Chicago? At the trade deadline, the Bulls made a bold move. A lot of people thought uh, they were going to be a playoff team. It's not looking that great for the Bulls for a lot of different reasons. But uh, focus on tonight's game with uh, Celtics laying, it looks like now, uh, four, four or four and a half I'm seeing it. Bet MGM, so it looks like the numbers, the price is going up on the Celtics tonight. Yeah, the it's funny, guys. Without the play-in tournament that we're going to get here, that was about half what we talked about so far uh, on the show. And the Bulls mm-hmm. are still part of that. I mean, they you know they're talking a good game. And remember, this is a team that went out at the trade trade deadline and tried to improve their team. They're three and a half games in back of the Wizards, four games in back of Indiana. If they catch anybody, it's probably going to be the Pacers. But they know it. They've talked about it. Uh, the Bulls absolutely could not lose another game here if they expect to get in uh, for that play-in uh, tournament here, which obviously that means they got to win here tonight. Uh, they get Zach Levine back. Uh, he only took about six shots the first three quarters, uh, more of a facilitator, if you will. When he's playing that style, it's probably not the worst thing for this Bulls team. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of a knockout game for them, as you mentioned, up to five. Uh, it would be the Bulls or nothing here for me tonight. Bulls right now three and a half games out of that 10th spot in the East. Uh, we've we've got a submission for Aaron Renning's lookalike. Thanks, the Shawshank Redemption. Mm, yeah, Tim Robbins, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, have a great weekend. <laughs> At ER Sports right. 1 up on Twitter. All right. We're not done with the NBA. Brian Windhorst is going to join us in about the 10 minutes from now. Don't go anywhere. Follow the money. Better be ready. Download the PointsBet app now. Sign up using promo code VSIN2K to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet point bet, uh, with PointsBet, get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the PointsBet app now to experience this premium sportsbook for yourself. So, are you ready? Terms and conditions apply. Void but prohibited. Got to be 21. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. A couple games in baseball I'm thinking about playing tonight, but I'm not going to put these down as best bets because... I just don't know if I'm going to play him at this point. Uh, San Francisco Giants about plus 130 against the uh, Padres. That game in uh, San Francisco tonight. So the home dog, Anthony DiSclefani going for the Giants. And uh, you can find plus 130 out there. Giants 10-3 and at home early in the season. And DiSclefani has been a pretty, good, uh, pretty reliable starter for the Giants mm-hmm. up to this point against uh, Blake Snell. Also, I'm tempted. I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm tempted to play the Angels and Griffin Canning uh, plus 140 against the Dodgers tonight. Uh, but it's it's just tough to get there. Tough to get through the window or the app, whichever way you bet, with the uh, with the Angels right now. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look, not that the Dodgers are playing great baseball by right. any stretch, uh, but the Angels just uh, tend to find ways to lose games. I do think uh, Griffin Canning, like like you pointed out a couple times during this show, 
I think uh, better days are ahead for him. So if we if we buy into Griffin Canning regressing to the mean positively like his numbers indicate, mm-hmm. we know that the Angels and Dodgers lineups have struggled. Those are the numbers, by the way, if you're watching the broadcast that we're referring to. When you see that positive, it means his ERA is higher uh, than his expected fielding independent. Delta just is a fancy word for difference, and I, I like to use it because it makes me sound smarter. But if you're buying into Griffin Canning and the positive regression, if we're buying into the fact that and Julio Rios' numbers are great, and this Angels lineup has been absolutely abhorrent, instead of buying in all the way on Griffin Canning, mm-hmm. first five under. Yeah, I could see that too. Right? In terms that might of, be a good way to play a total yeah. for the game's eight and a half. One thing that does play into Julio Urias' favor here, two of the Angels' best bats. Correct. Huh? I was just saying correct. Jared Walsh, Shohei Otani, left-handers. Mm-hmm. And Urias, obviously, a left-hander. And Anthony Rendon, not in the lineup for the Angels, so that's a big negative, too. Yep. So we'll see if that's going to be something we're tracking. I'll probably pass on that game. Going forward. Um, so with me, so nothing official yet because the injury reports are still pretty cloudy here. But I think this is kind of important when it comes to you know regular season, big picture stuff. If you find a, I guess if you want to call it a trend, but if you find a team that the market hasn't really caught up on yet, situations that the market hasn't caught up on yet, Go back to the well until it starts to correct itself for the most part, right? I think a really good example of that is, I said right, a good example of that is at the beginning of the year when the Nets first acquired James Harden, and they went on that, was it 12-1 and one run? Mm-hmm. They actually covered 11 of those games, and for me, every night it was like, all right, Nets, Nets, put them on the card. Market hasn't really caught up with them yet, and then eventually the market caught up and they stopped covering those numbers. The Minnesota Timberwolves are another good example of this. Again, the other day, Four and a half, lose by four against the Memphis Grizzlies. That number close, three and a half. The market is starting to adjust here. Yesterday, I was talking on the uh, our Hardwood Handicappers podcast with Jacob, our producer, thought this number would probably be seven and a half, but Jimmy Butler's questionable. If he plays, it's probably going to be seven and a half. So I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are worth looking in here, but you don't want to take six, and Jimmy Butler is ruled in, and that sure. number gets to seven, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. You're also running the risk that you take, you know, you pass on taking six. Butler's officially ruled out. This number gets down to about five and a half or five. So I I am going to sit back. The Heat need to win these games. I do think that Jimmy Butler, if he can play, is going to. Remember, they're still right there. That 7-6 nexus where they can get in there with Boston and potentially get out of the play-in. So these are still really important. I'm going to wait. And if Jimmy Butler's ruled in, I know it sounds counterintuitive, waiting for the better player to get in, but then you get the better number and go back to the well here with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. But you have to be patient as an NBA better when you don't know if Jimmy Butler is going to be correct going to play. You, have, you don't have an indication one way or another. You think it's fifty-fifty? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pull this up really quickly because it is an illness. It's flu-like symptoms. He didn't play Tuesday. You get three, you know, what three days in between to uh-huh. recover. I would think that he is going to be out there if it's just if it's just an illness and you have these days to recover. If it's like a uh, hydration issue, whatever it is, you would expect that he's going to be out there. Are you laughing at comps? Yeah, Aaron Rennings uh, comp came in as Bill Paxton, and uh, I have seen that. I've heard that before for ER. Really? Yeah, that's a good one. I don't mind. I don't mind it. I still think Tim the, Robbins pretty good. Uh, t- Tim Robbins. That's ER in ten years, maybe five. <laughs> uh, the, as far as the fast food talk, George Panagakis checks in and says uh, Whataburger nowhere close to Portillo's or In and Out, but Portillo's is. The elite of the elite. I think. Whataburger, if you go to Texas, you have to hit Whataburger, though. Yeah. Expansive menu. In and out is just hamburger. Whataburger's got very well, diverse menu. Let's be honest, In and Out's fries suck. 
Brian Windhorst coming up next year on Follow the Line. OddsTrader.com studio at Circa Resort and Casino. OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. All right, let's dive right in. Not a lot of time with Brian Windhorst of ESPN. Nice enough to give us some time early this morning. Uh, Brian, we start with the elephant in the room here, the Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis, back spasms. Don't know if he's going to go tonight. We have seen over the last few days their odds in terms of implied probability to miss the postseason. 12-1 to 1 on the no to make the playoffs a couple of days ago at DraftKings, now we're down to 8-1. to one. What is the realistic chance here that we're talking about the Lakers, the injury situation, and them maybe not even making it within the final eight? Well, here's what you have to realize about the play-in tournament, and I'm not sure that anybody has completely adjusted their thinking about odds, is that for, if a team is in seventh or eighth place going into the, play, to the play-in, they have to lose twice mm-hmm. to miss the playoffs. Seven and eight play each other to see who gets seven, and then the loser plays the winner of 9 and 10 to see who gets 8. So the idea that the Lakers, if they fall to the play-in tournament, would lose back-to-back games under that type of pressure um, when they would likely have home court advantage in both games, I, I just find that unlikely. So I'm not sitting here and telling you that I think they're headed back to the finals without knowing what LeBron's health status is, but I'd be stunned if they're not in that top eight at the end of the day, one way or the other. Yeah, I agree with you there, too. Uh, Brian, do you like the play-in tournament? We heard LeBron's comments this week. Do you like it? Yeah, I think it's a really good uh, idea to involve more fan bases and basically force the hand of teams to to not tank so badly. Um, You know, it's kind of embarrassing what the Toronto Raptors are doing where they were still technically in it, last night and, and they and they had to tank and their fans were frustrated about it. I think it forces uh, the teams to stay more honest. We definitely saw fewer teams dump players at the trade deadline. And I, I think it's, it's, you know, more than anything that forget the competitive stuff about it. The reason it's here to stay, it is a new product for the NBA to sell TV partners, the fans uh, coming into arenas, and that right there, revenue generation is going to keep it around. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, injury is obviously a focal point of this second half. A lot of key players going down. I think it's kind of ironic that one of the teams that has had their star duo together for a good chunk of the year, more than they were last year, were the Los Angeles Clippers, one of the better teams in the second half. Uh, to me, they're the Western Conference rep. But what have you made of this second half and the turnaround this team has made, specifically on the defensive end of the floor and the chances that the Western Conference could be theirs? Yeah, well, you know, Paul George has had a spectacular season, and uh, Kawhi has suppressed the gas pedal, even though he's been banged up recently with that foot issue. He's been playing it back-to-back. He didn't ease into the season whatsoever. He came in full go. The team really wanted to get some rhythm. Um, they've been bothered with injuries just like everybody else, and you know, one of the things that nobody's really talking about that I'm concerned with there, Serge Ibaka hasn't played in, I think, he's 27 or 28 consecutive games, and it's unclear when he's going to be back, and he's an important player for them. But they picked DeMarcus Cousins off the scrap heap, and he's been better than I thought he would be. Um, Mike, you know, the thing with me is what they did to get Rajon Rondo. And last night, Rondo, 11 points, 5 assists, 
he's not going to make you going into the night remembering his performance. But the ability to have a player like that to get them into their offense and steady things and show leadership at the end of close playoff games, that's why they lost last year. They lost because they couldn't handle their business at the end of close playoff games. They're better equipped this year. We'll see how it plays out. JVT, I always tell you about playoff Rondo. Of course. You know it. Love him. All right, how about the Knicks and the Suns? They play tonight in Phoenix, Brian. And uh, the Suns are seven-point favorites. Do you like the Knicks' chances to do some uh, damage in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs? And uh, how about the Suns in the West? How high are you on the Suns' well, chances? The, well, the Suns have actually not played well their last two games. They went to overtime in Cleveland mm-hmm. um, against a ridiculous lineup that the Cavs were playing, and then they got blown off the floor in Atlanta. Now, granted, they are back home. But as great as the Knicks have played over the last six weeks, and I think they've won – 12 of 14, Mm -hmm. Uh, they are in a vital next seven days because while they're sitting there in fourth, they're three games away from being seventh. And if you're fourth and have home court advantage, you're thinking you can advance. If you're seventh, you got to win your way in. And they have four more games on this road trip, two games in L.A., and then obviously against the Suns, who are still chasing number one. Uh, The crazy thing about the Knicks is everything that's gone well, they could have a bad week and be totally out of position. So, this is a real test these next few days on just where the Knicks are as a team. Brian, over the last couple of days, we've seen uh, some new players hit the windows. The Atlanta Hawks have been the focal point of a lot of these larger bets we're seeing to win the entire thing, whether it's Eastern Conference or Finals. Uh, if Hunter and Cam Reddish at some point get healthy, what do you think the ceiling is for Atlanta? Yeah, I don't think they're win- I mean, this is a group that's never won a single playoff mm-hmm. game together. The concept that they would win 12 to get out of the East, I think, is ridiculous, especially... <laughs> because they'd have to go through you know, two awesome teams. But when you look at Atlanta, you see a team that is very deep. They bring, you know, they go seven, eight, nine deep. And the reason that's important is when you get to a playoff setting, in a playoff situation, you're going to have to win games when your stars are not at their best. And to me, one of the biggest questions for them is, will the officials let Trey Young get away with his shenanigans to get to the foul line? He has become a James Harden-like wizard in baiting guys into fouling him, getting past them, stopping, letting him run into him from behind, and then getting off his shot. He's really become awesome at that. But I don't know if it's going to fly in the postseason. It didn't fly with Harden, and he's way bigger than, than Trey Young. So that's a, that's a real question to me. But I can understand why people like them because they do have a, a lot of different ways, a lot of different lineups they can play. There's not going to be any team that they can play that they don't feel like they can match up with. All right, last 60 seconds. We'll get you out of here on this. A selfish question on my part. Julius Randle's got most improved wrapped up, right? No question. It's going to be a runaway there. I actually think the only award that isn't really defined right now is Coach of the Year. Um, You know, we'll see. I think, you know, Quinn Snyder is probably the leader if if Utah remains number one seed. Uh, But if the the Knicks somehow pull off a top four seed in home court plus East Coast bias, Tom Thibodeau would have a shot. All the rest of the awards in my mind are pretty much wrapped up. Brian Windhorst, host of the Hoop Collective Podcast. Great listen, one of my favorites. Brian, thank you for the time today. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Yep, you got it. All right, good to hear. I'm good for the day. <clears throat> that was a quick yes, too. My boy. Julius Randle, I thought that was pretty obvious. He's, well, he's gonna be Michael good. Porter Jr. is going on a pretty good run, yeah. and there's a lot of, like, look out, Michael Porter Jr. You know, one of those things, and we see this all the time. Remember Trey Young, Luka Doncic down the stretch, Zion Williamson. These awards, you get, like, late-season pushes from some guys. Of course. And then you get foolish voters who just remember what they saw last as opposed to remembering it's for the entire season. Kind of like betters, too. 
Right, Some exactly. Some just remember what they saw last. Mm-hmm. Recency bias. Not a good thing to have. Not a good thing to have at all. Who's your coach of the year? I think it's Monty Williams, personally. It's a really good job, man, mm-hmm. to do that, especially to get the number one overall seed, that yeah. team, and what they did. And I think some bias carries over from last year, but I think that's that's pretty impressive to win the number one overall seed in the Western yeah. Conference, given everything. They've had some insane injury luck, though. So, But the East Coast bias deal, that's something I brought up before. That's something Tom Thibodeau has in his pocket that not a lot of people do. Bringing the Mecca back to life. That's the truth. Back after this. Here are the top horse racing plays for today from Express Bet analyst Jeff Siegel. Okay. Really sharp capper. At Belmont Park in race two, Jeff likes number two primetime player at three to one on the morning line. And at Santa Anita in race two, Jeff Siegel likes number five at the spa at two to one odds. You can bet these races or more at first bet. The best place to start your betting action for horse racing and to get you ready for the Preakness First Bet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now through May 15th using the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VSIM subscription products for free from now through the Belmont States. Go to vsin.com slash horses for details. JVT, one more time, that's vsin.com slash horses. Good job, man. We're talking about uh, fast food fries. Uh, you hate the In-N-Out fries, don't you? Oh, they're the most overrated French fry on the planet. I'm going to give you a best bet idea. This is kind of a pro tip, okay? Okay. I think one one of the reasons you hate, you have a love-hate relationship with the Wendy's fries mm-hmm. is because sometimes you go through a drive through and the fries will be undercooked, they'll be white and soggy, and uh, you just eat a couple and you want to throw them out. Really quickly, for those who are off-air I referenced the Wendy's fries as the Cubs lineup, which was just uh-huh. boomer bust. Sometimes you get a twelve run, you know, outing. Sometimes you get shut out one nothing. That's the that's the Wendy fry. I kind of feel that way about McDonald's fries, and here's Ooh. why: it's when McDonald's fries, huh? Blasphemy. No, when McDonald's fries are white and wet, you know, soggy, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. You can't eat them. If they are golden brown, hot, cooked, crispy. They're outstanding. They're like uh, undeniable. That's right. So what you do when you go through the McDonald's drive-thru, you ask for the fries to be well done. Mm. That way you're not playing Russian roulette with uh, the fries and what you get. If you say, I want the fries well done, they're going to come out brown, crispy, and they're going to be good. You can guarantee it. That's my pro tip for the fries if you like it because I'm not a big fry guy. But if I'm going through McDonald's, I'm really hungry, and I want some fries, I always say, give me the fries well done. You have to do that. I feel like that's a slippery slope. Why? I don't want to be specific order fast food guy. You know what I mean? 
You don't you don't want to be the guy who has regrets too when you get handed <laughs> a box of wet sar- white sardine fries. I should have huh? asked for well done. <laughs> it's a good point. You know, Shake Shack has good fries. I really like the Shake Shack fries. There's a location out of downtown Summerlin, hmm. and there's one over by T-Mobile. Yeah. Uh, so I hit Shake Shack once in a while, and I uh, I do get fries every time I go there. Unlike Paul Howard, we treat the crew behind the glass as humans. We got a submission from the back uh, <laughs> that Jack in the Box fries were the best fries. Oh no! Come on. <laughs> what? We give get you your moment, here. and this is what you do with it, huh? What are we doing? Here? Carl's Junior Jack in the Box bad fries. <laughs> what? Paul Howard's a good guy. All right. So the next five minutes, we've got dog videos. We're gonna. No, we're actually no, just going to play okay. them out. Like, we're done now. We're just going to the next fire them up. We got a whole archive. This is the best of Follow the Money Dog videos. All right. We have some more NBA games to talk about tonight with the VSIN senior NBA betting. You're really going to make me work in my last 10 minutes, huh? Yeah. You've got next week off, so you can do it. Pelicans and Sixers in Philly. And uh, the home favorite is nine, total of a 227 and a half. What do you have for Pelicans? Sixers. Yeah, I would agree with a couple of things that ER told us, right? One, the fact that the Philadelphia 76ers, by route of attrition, uh, are probably one of the highest power rated, if not the highest power rated team, for sure in the Eastern Conference and maybe in the entire league. I personally think the Los Angeles Clippers are there, but when you look at this from a couple of perspectives, one, Steven Adams, doubtful to play today. Brandon Ingram is injured. He is not going to play today. This is an injury report that is really loaded up here for the New Orleans Pelicans. On top of which, you just have, a anecdotally, a revenge spot as the 76ers lost to this team at the beginning of April. Maybe that is fresh in their minds. They also need to play this for home court. So I can understand this spread being where it's at. And from a defensive standpoint, I can totally understand this team, the 76ers, being able to shut down New Orleans. And remember the Pelicans, too. The reason why Ingram, he's a very good player, but it's also a massive absence because this is a very poor three-point shooting team, and he is their best three-point shooter. Right. So with that not on the court, you all of a sudden are looking at a team offensively that is just reliant on scoring within four feet of the basket, and Philadelphia could probably do pretty good defensively against cutting that off. So I think you're getting an inflated number here. I would not bet this, but I think I can understand why you're looking at this right now. Philadelphia, a nine-point favorite up from eight and a half. I'd expect this to stay. Like nine's probably going to be the floor. Maybe you get to nine and a half. When the injury reports come out and it's official that Ingram is not going to play, even though it was reported. Because we see that from time to time where you get the report the day before, but the market doesn't react until the official injury reports come out to like 10.30 or so our time on the West Coast. It's a tricky game with the NBA and the injuries. Mm -hmm. Milwaukee Bucks laying 17 at home to the Houston Rockets, 231 and a half. Well, when we talk about revenge games, remember just a week ago, right? NBA draft night. The Milwaukee Bucks lose Giannis 45 seconds into that game. They give up 100, like I think it was like an offensive rating, a 140, somewhere in that range. They lose the game outright to Houston. So this is a pretty big number for that reason. But it's also, I'm going to read you this injury report. DJ Augustin, Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Porter oh, Jr., no. Daniel House, all of these guys have some sort of uh, questionable status, wow. day-to-day status for the Houston Rockets. So that's why you have this number as big as it is. But again... As we kind of talked about with Detroit, and Detroit ended up winning that game outright. We talk about it with the Oklahoma City Thunder. When you get numbers that are this inflated, these bad teams, it's a great equalizer, will stumble stumble into covers every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bucks want to continue to win. Outside shot at the one seed, potentially home court in a second-round matchup with the Brooklyn Nets because they just took two from them. So there is a lot of motivation. But motivation does not equate a cover when it's this kind of a, when right. this kind of a number. So shockingly, it would be Rockets or passing. I think I'll pass because I was told to not ask bad teams to do well, good things for. The Rockets could be really bad if they have correct half of those guys missing. You just read off there in the injury report. Quick thoughts on the Celtics and the Bulls. We talked about this with Aaron Renning. 
and it looks like uh, Celtics four pretty much across the board. And the Bulls can't afford to lose another game if they want to get in the Eastern Conference play-in tournament, and they're probably not going to make it. Yeah, Chicago, New Orleans, a couple of teams that they can't essentially can't lose. You right. cannot lose the rest of the way. You got to win out if you want to have even a shot at getting within this postseason. And the last time we saw Chicago, it was against Charlotte, and they're finally starting to become whole again, right? Nikola Vucevic was on the floor in that game. Zach Levine was on the floor in that game. And what happens? They put together their best offensive rating in well over two weeks, and you you take advantage of a shorthanded Charlotte team. Now, though, here's the thing is, this isn't Charlotte, right? As much as I love the Charlotte Hornets, the Hornets have some issues defensively. This is now the Boston Celtics, who have been very fickle defensively, but are still a team that has some high upside and some really solid on-ball defenders that they can throw out there. Problem with Boston, Robert Williams is questionable to play today. Your boy Romeo Langford is probable. Oh, never mind. This changes everything. He's actually, this is going to change everything. No, And then you have Jalen Brown, uh, who isn't going to play. The, the, The Celtics have been a team where if you want to back them, like they need to be whole. Remember, the Chicago Bulls actually beat them, what, a couple of weeks ago when they were shorthanded. And so this is one where it's going to be where Boston, power rated pretty high for a reason, on the road against Chicago, who's kind of whole again and has actually a really high ceiling offensively. I think it would be Chicago or pass. Mm-hmm. By the way, Catching that number. Four. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, that 17 is now 16 and a half, and it's moving in that direction from Milwaukee and Houston as we speak. So that's a, that's a really big number, 17. All right. Uh, not, not a big game, but just a few thoughts uh, that you might have because we didn't touch on this one at all. Magic and uh, Charlotte is a seven point home favorite over the Magic. Yeah. The Orlando Magic, this is, again, when you talk about evaluating schedule and results. They had won three out of four games. Then they go into Boston, mm-hmm. but you realize their wins. Detroit, Memphis in the middle of an offensive slump, and Cleveland. This is a team that was playing out above their skis and that they were going to come back down to earth in a big way. And sure enough, 12.5-point underdog, they lose 132-96 to 96 to the Boston Celtics. They're held to an offensive rating of 93.5. Now, this is a kind of matchup where Charlotte could probably come in and take advantage of it, right? Charlotte's that team where they have a gap between them and the worst teams in the Eastern Conference but still are nowhere near the teams near the top. Devontae Graham has already been ruled out, was already ruled out against the Bulls, but we'll see if he's going to play here against the Charlotte, or excuse me, against the Orlando Magic. You want to see if he's going to be on the floor. He changes things a little bit. Still no Miles Bridges, health and safety protocols. If you get Devontae Graham, I don't know if he's enough to change the odds here. So if he's ruled in, right, I don't think you'll get an adjustment on the number. But if you get Devontae Graham, Charlotte might be worth it. Again, motivationally, they still need to keep winning if they want to maintain getting that area where you only need one to get in. All right. Did a great job there, except for when you said like and right back to back. Did I? Yeah. I, I, I don't think I did. How about the Knicks-Suns game? I was really irritated a couple nights ago when the Knicks were just no-shows against the Nuggets. Right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, Knicks catching seven here in Phoenix. Aaron Renning said play this under 218. We're seeing the, yeah. the screen move to 17, to 16 and a half. What's your take here? I agree with that. The When they played that game that you're referencing, I played that game under the total. I uh-huh. thought that was going to be a lower-scoring game and it ended up going uh, over. These are two teams that are bottom 20s, I think 23rd and 30th at this point right now in terms of pace. Two teams that are not going to get out in transition. Uh, the New York Knicks, very good defensively. We talked about earlier in the week their defensive numbers regressing to the mean in terms of the wide-open shooting and all of that. And then you get Phoenix, who is going to play slow, play in mid-range, works a little bit in the favor of what the New York Knicks do defensively. So... I would agree with that. And this is, as we have mentioned a couple of times, not a playoff game, but the Suns want to get the number one overall seed. The Knicks, as Brian Windhorst mentioned, have a very high ceiling, but also a very low floor in terms of where they can end up in the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. So this game carries a lot of weight for both of these teams. 
you could see this getting really slow paced and kind of bogged down and having these two teams meet up with each other and kind of beat up on one another. So I would agree with the sentiment and the market does too, because ER had what under 218, now 217. Yeah. Knicks need to finish strong. Don't want to spoil what they've uh, accomplished up to this point. That's right. Tough schedule down the stretch. All right, well, let's wrap it up with uh, Lakers and Blazers tonight in Portland. JVT, I'm seeing eight and a halfs yeah. on the screen now. Mostly eight, though. Blazers minus eight, total of 221 and a half, 222. So the first injury report comes out at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. So that's, what, one thirty on the East Coast. I'd expect this to come back down once Anthony... If, if Anthony Davis is on there, but probable, something like that. I just... This seems like a lot, given what we know about this team defensively, Portland. So, if this continues to climb, even if we know that AD is going to play, it'd be a it'd be a play on the Lakers. All right, great job this week, baby Francesa. All right, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Appreciate it as always. Mitch and Paul, we'll be back on Monday. Had a lot of fun waking up and hanging out with you guys here on Follow the Money. Uh, we'll be back together on Fridays after my vacation on My Guys in the Desert for the rest of the season, the NBA postseason. So that'll be a lot of fun. You can check it out there. Decent.com for everything you missed. The numbers game coming up next.